0: Yes, it is. Welcome back. As we do every Monday, almost every Monday, in our second hour, we check in with Brandon J. Weikert. He is the publisher of the Weikert Report. He is the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, a columnist for the Asia Times, and other things. I take off for a week, Brandon. It seems the world falls apart. (laughs) But how are you?
1: I'm okay. I've just been, uh, you know, glued to the... uh the reports coming out of Afghanistan, I, uh, you know, had some colleagues who were over there, and um, I uh, can tell you that it is much worse than the Department of Defense and the Biden administration is letting on. Uh, I'm actually working on, I'm about probably 15 minutes away from publishing another article on my website, the Weichert Report, explaining uh, how the United States People are being lied to by the Biden administration about uh, the the rescue uh, the rescue uh, attempt.
0: I want to get into the rescue attempt with you in a moment. I want to first talk about your column: Are Taliban planning to massacre Americans? Yeah, I um, I, yeah, I, I was thinking about that. A couple of times in a couple of different ways, you straighten me out. I was thinking about it today when I was thinking about how the military and State Department are going to be bringing in Afghans who were our allies or purportedly yeah. our allies as one issue. Another issue that I was thinking about – and you, you, you tell me if I'm wrong, Brandon, but I, I've gone through the Bush speeches of 2001 and 2002. Al-Qaeda oh. and the Taliban – yeah, they were separate entities with separate jobs, but they were effectively indistinguishable when it came to why we went into Afghanistan. Ultimately, in fact, it was their yeah. non-surrender that was the original cause of yeah. Spelly. Yes. Yeah.
1: So the it's interesting. Joe
0: Biden was- never mentions the Taliban as a cause for going into Afghanistan.
1: Well, no, Joe Biden has a deal with them. Uh, Joe Biden, and this is what my next article at the Weikert Report, which I will be publishing at some point in the next hour, uh, this is what I talk about. He's parroting Taliban talking points. Make no mistake. If you are an American and you are stuck in Afghanistan, one of the 15,000 American civilians stuck in Afghanistan, unable to get through Taliban checkpoints to the airport in Kabul, after August 31st, you will be left behind. The Biden administration will not continue its mission, its haphazard mission, in the airport because they do not want to offend the blessed Taliban sensibility. And so Biden is parroting their talking point that he's putting the interests and the desires of the Taliban, a terrorist organization that had a hand in 9-11, ahead of the interests and the safety and the well-being of U.S. citizens, stuck. In Afghanistan and
0: that is the headline here one of the one of the things that we have to come to grips with Brandon is not only with our own country and its foreign policy objectives obviously strategies our own movement you said on this show two weeks ago something that I'd been thinking about and never really articulated but you said it I thought it you obviously also thought it in our efforts to, how shall I say, bury neoconservative foreign policy. Yeah. It's possible that that pendulum may have swung too far sometimes.
1: Yes, and, and to, be, to, the, to the point, though, of Afghanistan, I agree both with Mr. Trump and Mr. Biden. Uh, oddly enough, this is something they agreed on, was that we did need to start withdrawing the bulk of our forces but what I disagree with, and and people you know, like Kurt Mills, that American conservative, can kind of roll their eyes when I say this, but it has to be said, what I disagree with Mr. Biden on was the way in which he's doing this. He has literally removed most of the U.S. military from the country of Afghanistan before he removed unarmed American civilians. And I think that's the headline here. And so... Uh, You know, in general, though, yes, the point I made a few weeks ago on your show was we need to be very careful on the right, not to swing too far from neoconservatism or interventionism into isolationism. We need to find that nice little, uh, you know, balancing act. I think Mr. Trump had it. Uh, I think Matt Owens, a mentor of mine, referred to it as uh, principled realism. Um, And I think that's where we needed to be going. Uh, but my concern is that under Biden, basically we're we're hitting the chicken switch, and um, you know he's going. I can't say this enough. Biden is going to leave thousands of Americans behind yeah. to basically become war booty for the Taliban mm-hmm. after August 31st. Any American, any foreigner that's not part of one of the sort of protected foreigners like the Iranians or the Chinese or the Russians, any foreigner that is found in Afghanistan will be taken, they will be killed, they will be enslaved, they will be ransomed, or worse, uh, by the Taliban or al-Qaeda or ISIS-K, isis Khorasan, which is the group in in Afghanistan. Uh, This will not end well. If you are an American civilian and you cannot make it to the airport, which the State Department is telling all Americans not to try to get to the airport in Kabul, if you do not get out of the country by August 31st, The U.S. military is not going to have your back.
0: Are we going to have a gather? Yeah, no, you're talking about civilians, of course. But I wonder if, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know why they couldn't have a certain designated status, but are we going to have POWs all over again?
1: Are you saying... uh, I'm simply saying saying that
0: after 1975... Um, Americans, a lot of Americans, were still concerned about the POWs that the Vietnamese would not give us back. Yeah. And I have, a, pro, I have yeah. a serious worry that we yeah. are going to have a whole new series of POWs well, that Biden are Americans.
1: Seth, the Biden administration is already covering up. So basically, the article that I'm getting ready to post on my site, I'm detailing how the Biden administration, especially today, they did, I think, two press conferences at the Pentagon in which they were going on about how they've really righted the ship that is this evacuation mess. And they've got, you know, 7,000 people out of the country in the last week with many thousands more leaving in the next few days. But they're never specifying how many of those thousands are actual Americans. And this is very key. And I think what's happening is the Great Whitewash is happening. I think the Biden administration is going to leave thousands of Americans behind after August 31st, and they're just basically going to say, well, we got everybody out, and they're going to cover it up. Remember how we talked about for decades after Vietnam the concern that we left POWs in the hands of not only the North Vietnamese, but that also the Chinese and the Soviets had taken some of those POWs and disappeared them for medical experimentation and whatnot. Well, I think um, we are going to basically leave – thousands of americans behind some of them may get ransomed back to us over time but many many of them and their families uh will not be heard from again and their stories will not be making it to the press because already the press is trying desperately to move on from this story i mean today i was driving in the car at 5 a.m and i was listening to the msnbc crowd and they wanted to talk about COVID. And they wanted to talk about the earthquake in Haiti. And, yeah, they mentioned Kabul, but they were talking about how things have gotten so much better. The Americans are finally getting it together. And it's just like, you know, the, the Biden administration is whitewashing. They're, they are going to, to ignore the fact that thousands of Americans cannot get out of the country in Afghanistan safely. And they are dedicated, Mr. Biden is, to getting our forces out completely by August 31st. And anybody who's
0: left in the country afterward, well, they're SOL. I, I, have, a, um, I have an email from a listener who asks, uh, can you ask Brandon, Brandon if he thinks that Kabul could turn into our DNBN foo? We are surrounded and use of heavy weapons will cause a lot yeah. of civilian and likely American casualties. The Pal- Taliban will not have the same constraint. If they interdict the one right. runway and we can't reinforce and resupply what happens, right. do we then have to take back exactly. Bagram?
1: Exactly. You know, so here's the thing. It, it um, assumes – it thing. assumes
0: I, his last line is important here. This is assuming so, current leadership wants to fight for our people. That's an important sentence. They
1: will not. This is, this is my point, is that Mr. Biden has accepted the Taliban narrative we will be out of the country, our military will be out of the country by August 31st. And Philip Mudd, you know, the old CIA counterterrorism yep. supposed expert, that man who who believed Trump was a Russian spy yep. and, and called a, a black conservative, he called him a racist and called him every name in the book, who was defending Trump two years ago on CNN. Well, Philip Mudd and the Federalists ran a, a story on this. Philip Mudd over the weekend went on CNN and basically told, uh, viewers, that it should be the mission of the State Department to not try to get a single American out of the country of Afghanistan by August 31st. That's our expert class,
0: Brandon. I got I, I got to take a break. There's so much more to do here. Um, let let's uh, let's take this quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with more yeah. from Brandon Weikert, publisher of the Weikert Report. W e i c h e r t theweichertreport.com. We'll be right back. It's that time of year. The sun is scorching and our unpredictable monsoon season is here and it means it's time to talk about your roof and that means it's time for me to tell you about Trades Unlimited for all your roofing needs. Inspection, replacement, repair, you name it. If your roof is 15 years or older, The underlayment must be checked now. At 15 years old, that underlayment dries out, cracks, and then becomes susceptible to all sorts of leaks. Some you see, some you don't. And maybe for some, it's time to consider a foam roof. For those who have a flat roof, the benefits of foam are insulation from heat, noise, and, of course, leaks. For all your roofing needs, please check out Trades Unlimited. I have. I've used them. I've visited with them. They have an A-plus rating with the BBB. I've been to their warehouse. They're great, honest Good people. Trades Unlimited at 480-483-1775 or tradesunlimited.com. Brandon Weikert, Brandon J. Weikert, publisher of the Weikert Report and columnist at the Asia Times, is our guest. Uh, Brandon, um, talk to me a little bit more about this thing we just left the last segment on, which is the issue of people left behind.
1: Yeah. Well, they're, they're as, as
0: well on. as, I, I have to, there's, there's, a, there's, right. there's, 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 there's another side of that coin. People left behind, people were bringing here. I mean, both sort, right. sides of that coin need to be discussed.
1: Well, I think it's important to note that I agree with the people who say that our interpreters and the people who basically put their necks on the line and their families on the line, yes, they should be given some kind of reward. Uh, whether it be in the form of safe passage to another country or or even in some cases uh, uh, coming here to the United States, I think that that this is that's a separate issue from illegal immigration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we should protect the people who stuck their necks out for us. Um, but, but right now, the priority, the priority needs to be for the United States military. It needs to be getting all those 15,000 or so, American, actual American civilians out of the country before the Taliban can get to them. And right now, we have no way of knowing uh, who we are taking out of the country. Remember the famous image, and I know the, the a lot of the pilots, I have briefed the air wing uh, of those C-17 transportation pilots. A lot of those pilots are kids. Um, and remember that famous picture from last weekend of the C-17 Globemaster trying to take off uh, from the Kabul airport and the thousands of Afghan men chasing after the plane, grabbing onto the plane, in some cases holding on as it took off and falling to their death. Well, many of those Afghans were not Afghans who were our allies and who were on our known list of people to evacuate who were Afghans, and many of them actually had run to the airfield Uh, from the Kabul prison Mm -hmm. uh, that the Taliban, when they took over the city last week, and the first thing they did was release all those hardened convicts into the general population, where a majority of those convicts convicts went running to the C-17s that were sitting on the tarmac at the mostly undefended or poorly defended uh, Karzai International uh, Airport. And so you you have a lot of people getting thrown into these planes who probably don't have the proper paperwork, who probably aren't really who they say they are. And, uh, you know, we're just taking everybody we can, and that's a sweet thing, and I, I appreciate our big heart. Yeah, but if, if our
0: intelligence on the ground, or at least as Joe Biden and the administration say it, if our intelligence on the ground was so bad after 20 years not to foresee this eventuality um, on a big thing, how is, it, how, how is there any yeah. confidence that we're going to be well, able to know, filter?
1: Far be it for me to defend the intelligence community, but I know several people who were reporting to the White House at part of their intelligence teams doing these assessments saying that, uh, yeah, no, Afghanistan's going to fall very quickly. Okay, I mean, that, 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 maybe that's, maybe that's a fair
0: fall. point. That's, that's an important you know, point.
1: It, was, the, it yeah. was Mr. Biden. It was Mr. Biden who was making decisions against the intelligence that he was receiving. And in some cases, I suspect that his national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, was in fact probably not handing over intelligence uh, to Mr. Biden for whatever reason, that therefore Mr. Biden's uh, you know, decision-making was not fully well-informed. But we do know, going back to 2009, that Joe Biden wanted to pull out of Afghanistan, which is something in general I think is fine to want to do, but it's how you do it and when you do it. And the fact of the matter is, we're doing this in the way, wrong way, and now we're not getting our people out, actual Americans, and we're just kind of throwing anybody we can at the airport onto these planes. In some cases, you have planes american military planes taking off at half capacity mm. uh you know this is this is a nightmare and uh I, I, you cannot believe a word that the pentagon says on anything related to what's going on in afghanistan right now they do not have the most up-to-date information john kirby was humiliated uh, over the weekend by the fox news uh uh, uh pentagon reporter Because the the Fox News Pentagon reporter basically said, how can we trust anything you're telling us when 72 hours before the fall of Kabul, you told us verbatim that we do not foresee any near-term threat environment for Kabul. It will be many months before the Taliban could even threaten uh, Kabul. And just 72 hours after that statement was made from the Pentagon podium at the press room there, uh, the Taliban took over uh, Kabul. And so we, they do not have all the up-to-date information. In fact, remember, a few days ago, four or five days ago, um, the Pentagon was telling, that, telling people that they were prepared to receive evacuees at the airport in Kabul at the same time that the State Department had, a few hours earlier, issued a warning, a travel advisory telling any Americans in Afghanistan to avoid Karzai International Airport because they could not be secured passing from wherever they were through the Taliban-controlled checkpoint. So nobody in Washington, nobody, has any idea what's going on on the ground. And it is ten times worse than anything that's being reported in the press. And even the few people in the West who were on the ground reporting fairly like that woman from CNN, notice how quickly she was exfiltrated. It was because I think she was getting a little too close to the truth, which is that this Biden administration pull out of Afghanistan is a disaster, and that they are going to leave many thousands of Americans and their families behind, uh, and we don't know who's coming over on these planes. We don't. Many of them are people that we need to save in terms of Afghan, but many others are people who we're just grabbing as the planes are taking off, which, again, is very sweet, but when you think about the fact that nowhere near a majority of the 15,000 actual Americans in Afghanistan have any hope of being rescued, that's kind of sickening.
0: The... um... Brandon, the notion that America shouldn't go in search of monsters, that America should uh, be you know, a friend to anyone who wants to be a friend but not entangle itself in foreign relations or in f- get mm-hmm. involved in foreign entanglements, whether you're looking at George Washington or John Quincy M. That's 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 a view of American foreign policy that is strong and coming back and came back with Donald Trump. And I understand it and appreciate it. On the other side of this break, can you talk to me a little bit about how much the enemy thinks that way when it comes to places like the United States? In other words, is the Taliban just content with Afghanistan? Can we talk about that? yeah. In 1938, no one wanted to fight for Danzig. In other words, by 1939, the world was in conflagration. Right. Is that true with groups and organizations yeah. like the Taliban? I'm Seth. He's Brandon. We'll be right back. Happy to take your call, 602 Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Our guest is Brandon J. Weikert, as he is every Monday. He is the publisher of the Weikert Report. Weikert is W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T, The com. And uh, we're talking Afghanistan today and ultimately um, what it does with our allied relationship. Joe Biden said America is back. The Taliban is clearly back, Brandon. And the question is, is he lying or is he so out of touch, it's, um, it's, it's beyond mm. remark. So when he was asked, mm. right, when he was asked yeah. what he thought of our foreign, uh, our foreign allies and their opinions, he said they, um, if anything, they have thought that the alliances, including NATO, were stronger. That's not what the Europeans are saying. That's simply not what they're saying. They're not saying it in the parliament. They're not saying it at NATO. They're not saying it at the governmental uh, head levels in Germany. They're not saying that our alliances are stronger. For all the commentary about Trump and NATO, it feels in a way like NATO thinks Joe Biden may have ruined the relationship with the snap of a finger.
1: Well, I've yet to meet a single American, and I know many liberals who think what's going on in Afghanistan is A-OK. So if people who giddily voted for Joe Biden because they hated Donald Trump are even going, ooh, we don't really like what's happening right now, you can imagine uh, how the Europeans feel. In fact, I was um, communicating with a friend who, who does a lot of business in uh, 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 Abu Dhabi. And he was telling me that a lot of the people over there, the elites, uh, both political and business elites, have said to him that, you know, we have to tell you there's not much difference, in our opinion, between uh, Donald Trump's instability and Joe Biden's instability as president, that it's the same thing. And so take from that what you will. But the point is, I think a lot of our foreign allies, notably the Europeans, are having second thoughts. Think about it this way. These are countries that have been tethered to the American power since 1945, so much so that they probably can't do much of anything without having the United States economy and military force backstopping them. And how do we look in their eyes right now? We look completely broken, stymied, confused. We're fleeing for the exits. We're literally leaving thousands of our own people behind to be, you know, kidnapped or whatever by the Taliban and anybody else in Afghanistan. So the Europeans are both scared, I think, that maybe this really is the end of the United States, as they understand it, in terms of our role in the world. They're probably scared about that, and they're probably very frustrated because they're thinking, hey, we did everything in our power to help get Donald Trump out of office and to make him look bad all four years, and now we've got a guy who's this doddering old Mr. Magoo, uh, and, uh, you know, we kind of want the orange man back, maybe. And uh, that says a lot, I think.
0: Uh, yeah, it 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 does, and even if not the orange man, uh, certainly not this. Certainly right, not this. Right. The notion of this was competence and decency, I guess. Right. Um, we've right. shown neither. Neither. And right. And I, the funny thing is, sad thing is, if Joe Biden goes, the solution. The replacement is worse.
1: Um, I happen to believe that he should be 25th Amendment. I think they should use that. I think his cabinet needs to do that immediately. I think there is a, a retinue of evidence now suggesting that Mr. Biden is mentally compromised, to say the least. Um, you look at the kind of misinformation he has spewed over the last 96 hours. You look at his speech patterns. You look at the variety of things. Uh, And so while I am not happy with the notion of a Kamala Harris as president, um, I think that we are in a very dangerous position where we have a man with his hand on the nuclear trigger who's genuinely um, mentally compromised, who is, uh, uh, you know, uh, I think the, the... the, the legal term is escaping me right now. But, non-compos uh, mentis, uh, I, something like that? Non-compos non mentis. You read my mind. And I honestly think that if he were living down the street from me, from me here in Florida, I think that he would probably have the, the state of Florida would have probably removed his license by right now to drive. I, I think that's how dangerous he is.
0: Thank you, Brandon. Let me do this. Let's take some calls. Yeah. I've got some calls for you on yeah. the other side of this break. Uh, Don't go away. We'll be right back with more from Brandon J. Weikert and your calls, and there's room for more, 602-508-0960. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Brandon J. Weikert is our guest. Happy to take your calls. We're talking Afghanistan. Cameron's in Phoenix. Cameron, you're on with Brandon Weikert.
1: Hey, how are you, Seth?
0: Fine. Thank you, sir.
1: Hi, Cameron. Hey, I've got a, hey, how are you? Um, I've got I'm a okay. question. Is is it just me, or has this happened before where we've sent, you know, tons of ammunition and all this armory over to another country, and then it was just stolen by the bad guys? Is it is it just me, or has this happened before? Oh, no. This is ISIS redux.
0: I'll say a little well, more about that, Brandon.
1: Uh, Okay. well, if you remember when When we we left Iraq, (laughs) when we left Iraq under Barack Obama, yes, uh, we also left um, the security to the Iraqi national military that we had spent a decade at that point and trillions of dollars, uh, uh, you know, training up and trying to create a force that could protect Iraq on its own without much help from us. And what ended up happening was the minute ISIS started flowing in from Syria, the better trained, supposedly, and better equipped uh, and better organized, supposedly Iraqi military folded like a lawn chair, and they basically left all of the advanced American weapons systems over to ISIS. And what you saw happening was ISIS enters Iraq from Syria, on the backs of these toyota tacomas from the 1990s and they've got kalashnikovs and maybe some rpgs but nothing really significant uh and they end up by the time they're reaching closer to the core of iraq they were armed with advanced american weaponry and similarly today you see the taliban uh, repeating that where they now are marching with advanced uber advanced u.s military equipment in fact They apparently got their hands on a biometric sensor unit, which, what the hell was that unit doing (laughs) in Afghanistan? Uh, Why were we sending biometric DNA readers to Afghanistan, which is a 7th century medieval country? You know, the, the DOD, really, somebody in Congress like Rand Paul should really just demand a full and complete audit. And the defense contractors who were part of these deals should be taken and raped over the coals publicly, and there should be some kind of clawback feature or something, where the the the, uh, the American people get a bunch of their money back for all of the misspent money in Afghanistan. Of course, it will never happen. But basically, what you're seeing in Afghanistan is a complete replay of how the ISIS in Iraq and Syria became a real threat from 2014 to 2016, and I think something still was going to happen. Now, I think that the thing we need to remember here with the Taliban is the Taliban do not want to leave Afghanistan. They are an internal Afghan force. But the Taliban love partnering with terrorist organizations, namely al-Qaeda, who do want to use uh, uh, Afghanistan as a base from which to launch greater attacks. And so the Taliban tries to create this level of deniability where, like, they say, well, we don't attack outside of our borders. We only attack our enemies within Afghanistan, etc. cetera. Uh, but in fact, as you noted at the beginning of the program, Seth, um, you know, it's a symbiotic fusion between the domestic Afghan Taliban group and al-Qaeda. And you're seeing also now with the Haqqani Network, which is in many ways worse than the Islamists, because the Haqqani Network has no real core ideological conviction. They just want to sell and make as much money and self-aggrandize as possible. So what you're seeing right now, and this is part of the reason why I wrote that Asia Times article about, are the Taliban planning to massacre Americans after that August 31st deadline? Well, we see the Taliban handing over a lot of security checkpoint control in Kabul over to the Haqqani network. And I think the reason is, because after August 31st, they know Americans are going to be there. The Taliban don't want to risk getting hit directly by the Americans. But they also don't want to just let us leave, say, you know, fair and square. So they're handing over so-called security of Kabul to the Haqqani Network fighters, who absolutely will target Americans and their Afghan allies and, and, and violate whatever agreement we have with the Taliban. And the Taliban will say, hey, it's not us violating that agreement, America. It's the Haqqani Network, and we don't have any real control over that. And so this is how the Taliban operate. And they're a bit slyer, in my opinion, than ISIS. Because ISIS was in your face. They were coming for you no matter what. But the Taliban is very manipulative, and they like to hide behind other groups. But they're all all—they're all threatening us in the same way. And now you're right. Afghanistan is now laden with our advanced weapons that have basically been gifted to the Taliban. And the Taliban will gift it over to any group they want.
0: Brandon, that's based on... Today's story and facts, all of which I agree with. I'm worried about the next 10 years so far as these comparisons to Saigon go. Between 1975 and 1980, the U.S. had no authority, credible, moral or otherwise. And 10 countries fell into the Soviet sphere and hostages were taken in Iran And the Soviets also invaded Afghanistan. But the point of American weakness, fecklessness, embarrassment and shame has very wide ranging consequences. If you're the Taliban today, you're drunk with power. You defeated America. If you're a terrorist organization, you look at what the Taliban did and say. America is defeatable. What do you think if you're China, Brandon?
1: I can tell you right now. Uh, China and Russia are licking their lips because China has wanted to create a land bridge uh, between their position in Asia and into the wider Middle East, Africa, and Europe through their Belt and Road. And now that the Taliban are ruling Afghanistan, China's not only going to get access to, I think, $2 trillion worth of untapped rare earth minerals in Afghanistan, controlled by the Taliban. But they're also going to be able to get these trade routes with Pakistan and now Afghanistan established to be able to counter America's dominance on the maritime trading route. They've been trying in Beijing to not be as reliant on the uh, uh, sea-based maritime trading routes, knowing that if a crisis were to ever erupt between China and the United States, the U.S. Navy could basically blockade China's imports and exports from afar. So these land bridges are key, and Afghanistan plays a key role. Russia's similar. Russia's trying to create the Eurasian Economic Union uh, that will link Central Asia to Russian economic and military power. Afghanistan's a key linchpin there. Iran, Iran has now become a member of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, which is Russia and China's answer, to NATO. And Iran became a member because of the fact that Afghanistan is now basically a protectorate of the Sino-Russian alliance, and they're trying to create this sort of league of autocrats across Eurasia meant to counter American power. And so now you're seeing Afghanistan is not the backwater that every American has assumed it was. In fact, it has historically been the cockpit of geopolitical competition Mm. uh, in Eurasia. Eurasia, of course, has the most land, arable land, the most potable water, the most population on the planet. And woe be unto any American leader who oversees the unification of Eurasia by the locals, because that will be the end of America's dominance mm. on Earth, and I think it's coming very soon.
0: Wow. wow. Brandon, um, your, 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 your insight is, is tremendous, as is your knowledge and learning. I can't thank you enough. Oh, thank you. I, I, I wish I could be positive. I know you wish you could be positive. But uh, first, we have to understand the problem, and we've got a lot. As long as
1: Biden's in office, you can't be positive. Biden uh, is the death knell of this country.
0: Brandon Weikert. Bless you, sir. Thank you.
1: Thank you, sir. We'll talk soon.
0: Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Dana's in Chandler. Hello, Dana.
2: Hello, Seth. I just want to tell you I'm so glad you're back. Oh well, thank um, you. It's good. To I be felt back. I felt like a ship without a navigator Aww. in stormy seas, no. oh, you're and very sweet. you always have a way of, of writing me in the in, in the right direction Aww. and not not ending in despair. Oh, so, that's
0: so cool. glad you're back. Thank it was you.
2: a horrible week for you to be <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, we were talking earlier and in your monologue, you're talking about, you know, that we don't, we, we can't ever forget. And, and 9-11 is coming up on us and the 20 year anniversary and that we can't forget that. And we're also coming up on one of the holiest times of the year for the Jewish people. And that has always been a mantra in the Jewish people is that, you know, never again, never forget. And I, I am afraid that my people have willfully forgotten. Um, I found out over the weekend that, several synagogues in the Twin Cities, which is where I grew up and I was a member of synagogues there, um, are now requiring proof of vaccination to (laughs) attend services and um, even bar and bat mitzvahs for children. And um, it's it's very distressing to me that to even bring up the subject with other Jewish people and to say, how do you not see the parallels? And you just get attacked that How dare you compare it to the Holocaust? It's nothing like the Holocaust. How do they think it started, Seth?
0: Yeah. Yeah. How do they think that something that has a 32 percentage approval becomes 90 percent approval within a year? Um, I'm talking about the years 1932, and, uh, and and what you're talking about. The truth is this, Dana. Never again was always a lie. It was always a lie. It wasn't intended to be, but it was never true because we have watched this happen again and again and again. Whether you want to talk about Saigon and the killing fields and Cambodia as the aftermath of what happened in Saigon, whether you want to talk about any number of things that people were silent about in the Sudan whether you want to talk about the rise of the Taliban and the coddling of it that the Clinton administration gave it, whether you want to talk about um, any number of things taking place right now in Lebanon and Syria and Gaza or the Palestinian Authority on the West Bank, people get slaughtered for their beliefs. They get slaughtered for their gender. They get slaughtered for their gender sexual choices they get slaughtered for being um in the wrong religion and in the wrong color and we watch it blithely dana never again was never true
2: yeah it's it's really sad it's really sad and you know now we're going into year two of the high holy days and families not getting together and not celebrating the holiday and that's that's not how we've survived for the thousands of years that we have.
0: It's not what the First Amendment says either, is it, Dana? You want to destroy a people, maybe start with their churches and synagogues.